0: Hello there and welcome to Planet Sport Football Africa. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashoms in South Africa and by our European football expert Stuart Weir in the UK. And this week we look at stadium violence in African football following the death of a Cameroonian player in Algeria. Albert Eboss was hit by an object thrown from the stands and there are many cases of fans throwing bottles and other objects at players in leagues across Africa. So what can be done when fans get angry? I'm not sure about the reflexes. The ref didn't play well. Makes us uh, very sad at all. Our main focus today is on the very sad story of the death of Cameroonian player Albert Ebos who died after being hit by an object thrown by fans at a game in Algeria. The JS Kabylie striker was hit when spectators started throwing things from the stands as the teams left the pitch at full time, with Kabylie having lost the game 2-1. The Algerian authorities have ordered an investigation, and JS Kabylie have been banned from playing at home in the meantime. The Confederation of African Football President Issa Hayatu said in a statement that African football cannot be a breeding ground for hooliganism. I witnessed a game myself earlier this month here in Zimbabwe where players were hit by bottles thrown from the stands. And Solomon, to be honest, while this tragedy happened in Algeria, it could actually have happened in many other countries around the continent.
1: I agree with that totally, Steve. I think this is a very sad moment for African football. This young Cameroonian player who just became a father for the first time a few days ago on the verge of moving to Europe, you know, but sadly he lost his life. And Algerian football over the years has been known for hooligalism. Uh, the fans show their passion in a way that it shouldn't, and that is, uh, you know, uh, Trying to threaten the referees, uh, players, officials, sometimes their rival supporters, which is not really great. But in Africa, there's just been a lot of football uh, violence and hooligalism across. We remember very well uh, a few years ago when 70 people died, when Al-Ali played Al-Mazri. And also in South Africa in January of 1991, 42 people died in a stampede during a preseason game in the mining town of Orkney in a game between Kaiser Chiefs and Orlando Pirates after a Pirates fan had attacked Chiefs supporters in the crowd with a knife. Growing up in Nigeria, I've seen situations where players had to be you know, protected for them to leave the pitch because of situations that our home fans are not happy about the way they played or not happy with the result. This is very sad. And I think Africa as a continent, we really need to come together and tell ourselves, look, how much do we love football? Is football a game between life and death? And I think fans need to be able to control themselves. So we really need to really look at it and, and see how we can really build ourselves as individuals. And that way we can go to football games and really enjoy it, even when we lose, even when we don't lose. Because football is not really all about winning and losing, if you come to look at it, Steve. Uh, it's really just about friendship, about enjoying each other and competing. And really seeing different attributes of sportsmanship being exhibited.
0: Well, as I said, I was at a game earlier this month uh, between Zimbabwe's two biggest teams, Highlanders and Dynamos. There's massive rivalry between them. And when Highlanders went 1-0 down early in the second half, we saw fans repeatedly throwing bottles and oranges onto the pitch and throwing them at players. And these were glass bottles as well as plastic ones. And I asked fans just to get some insight as to why they did it. I'm not sure about the reflex.
1: The referee didn't play well. makes us uh, very sad at all. We're uh, very sad about this game. Actually, our team, uh, they missed a lot of chances. Really good. They've wrapped the game in the first half by three goals. But our strikers, they, planned they missed a lot of chances. We don't have anyone to blame but our, our players. From our own point of view, that referee was biased.
0: It was biased. So fans there here in Zimbabwe saying they were angry in that particular game because of the refereeing and because the defeat was painful. But uh,
1: Solomon, what do you think is the real root of the problem of this kind of football violence? I think there are quite a lot of uh, reasons why we see this kind of football violence in African football. Just like the fans just stated, you know, the refereeing is one area that I think the Confederation of African Football really need to look at it and try to improve the level of refereeing. And, and sometimes also, you know, opposing fans will travel and try to intimidate the home fans. And that really, you know, releases a, a, a huge anger from from the opposing fans. And, and it becomes comes a a huge drama where we see fans being attacked and just a whole lot happening. So we really need to look at some of these problems and say, look, how do we deal with this? Because if we don't deal with the root, definitely we're going to be seeing the fruits over and over again, just like we saw in Algeria uh, last weekend. Another issue is how we handle defeat and, and disappointment as football fans. I think defeat and disappointment is definitely part of every day's life, not just in football, but in our families, in what we do, in our jobs, in our businesses. And we have to understand that defeat uh, comes, but that's not the end of the road. Disappointment is part of life, and especially if we learn to handle it, then that is going to be better because we're going to get a lot of disappointment as we as we live life. And how are we going to handle it? Are we going to handle it and re- retaliate in a violent way or not. And, and that is very key. And I do hope that, you know, this will be a huge lesson for us in really trying to see how we can deal with with, with disappointment and also defeat.
0: We're asking what can be done about stadium violence in African football on the programme this week, this following the death of Cameroonian footballer Albert Eboss in Algeria. Let's go to the UK now and hear from our European football expert, Stuart Weir. Now, Stuart, there have been many incidents of crowd trouble over the years in European football, and looking specifically at the issue of throwing things onto the field, I remember even back in the 1970s, fans used to take rolls of toilet tissue and throw them onto the pitch on occasions. But looking over the years, how would you say that uh, clubs and football authorities have dealt with this
2: in the UK? Yeah, I mean, the throwing toilet rolls was just a bit of fun, really. Uh, I think now something more sinister has appeared, that people actually sometimes throw objects with the aim of hurting players. I mean, throwing coin, which, if it goes side on, can flick quite a nasty, painful blow on on the head. Uh, there's been some of that. Um, bottles in the past, but I think, first of all, now it, you're not normally allowed to take a bottle into a football stadium and... When drinks are served in football grounds at the Premier League, for example, you will get your drink either in a plastic um, glass or you will get it in the bottle, but the top will be removed. So, therefore, you cannot put the top on the bottle and, and throw it. So uh, I think in that way, they have um, cut down on it. Also, the number of marshals and stewards that you would find now is probably 10 times what it used to be. Plus, because stadiums are now all seated and ticketed, you can actually pinpoint who is in a particular seat. um, And with all the cameras which are there for security and focusing on the crowd, if someone does throw an object, it's actually quite easy to pinpoint who that person is, uh, and then they will either face the courts or simply be banned from that stadium uh, for years. I, I personally had the rather strange experience going into a game in the World Cup when I wasn't allowed to take a pen in because the steward said you might throw it at someone. Uh, I mean, I think at times that's gone a little bit silly because, I mean, anything almost that you have, I mean, like a camera, phone, anything like that could be thrown at someone. So I think there's a need for some common sense. It is rather sad that the the family atmosphere going to enjoy a game has rather gone out because of the small minority who, who want to be violent and throw things
0: so there 's more deterrence than in uh, European football because if you do uh, misbehave, you may well be caught because of uh, uh, cameras in the stadium and because people would know who was sitting in certain seats
2: well, I mean I think it's the fact that th- that there are cameras they 're probably in radio control so that if they see something, they can alert the uh, control box to focus in with the camera uh, to be recording that sort of something is happened they can instantly pinpoint. Who the perpetrator is.
0: Well, thanks, Stuart. So, the use of cameras in the stadium and bans for supporters involved in violence seem to be a big factor in combating crowd violence in England. Uh, But, of course, using cameras is expensive. So, Solomon, realistically, what do you think can be done in leagues in Africa?
1: Yeah, using cameras is definitely one way and uh, in Africa where we don't have enough resources to be able to implement the use of cameras in stadiums uh, because you would need a lot of cameras, maybe over 30 cameras strategically uh, from the football pitch to the stands where the fans are, but there is just no funding for us to be able to do that. Over the years in different African countries, we've seen the involvement of police force you know, during games and some of this police force in different African countries are not really trained in trying to see how they can combat crowd violence and crowd control. But in a nation like South Africa, there's been a lot of use of like uh, marshals to be able to control the crowd. You get a, a private security firm to come in with their security forces with their security arrangement. We also really have to really educate the fans. I think for me, that is the main idea and the main place where we need to start. How do we educate the fans on fans' behavior? when they are losing, when they are disappointed? How do we educate the fans to their supporters club, to their fan club? How do we make sure we there's a lot of education, not just a one-off education, but a regular education, you know, and really... Uh, making sure that each club sees that and takes that as a responsibility. I think for us in Africa, that's the only way we can do that. If we can get leaders to really encourage and organize like regular seminars and clinics to be able to do that. And also reach out to football fans who are as young as 10, as young as 12, because 10, 15 years later, they're going to be the fans that are regularly going to be at a stadium. How are they going to behave? And with the resources that we have in Africa, I think that is the best way currently for us to be able to do that and we also Steve I think one of the ways that we need to do that is also uh, improve our level of uh, refereeing uh, and uh, we have to make sure that the referee feels protected and we train them in a way that they are going to be very objective and if we can understand that and and really make sure that we consistently watch and improve that then hopefully we're going to be able to combat this violence. So the education of fans may
0: be a potential way forward. Thanks, Solomon. Let us know what you think on our Facebook page. What do you think can be done about stadium violence in African football? It's a big issue. What do you think is the way forward? Our Facebook page is Planet Sport Football Africa. That's all one word, and it'll be great to hear from you. Now, last week we asked which African players you think will shine in the English Premier League this season. Usman Cham says, I'm a Chelsea fan, but I think Yaya Toure will have a good season at Manchester City. Abdou Dem says my Blues pair of Mohamed Salah, the Egyptian, and the legendary Ivorian Didier Drogba will surely show a lot this season if they're given a chance by the special one, coach Jose Mourinho. Also, Abdu says I'm expecting Christian Atsu, who's been loaned to Everton, to do very well. The talented Ghanaian, Abli Ossise and Cherno Jallo both think that Mohamed Salah will make a big impact if he's given game time. Jani says I'm looking to check Tiotte, the Newcastle vice captain to perform up to expectations also expecting yaya toure to do well and wilfred Bony, the ivorian at swansea and finally adama Baji says i'm expecting christian achu to perform well because of what he did at the world cup for ghana thanks a lot for those comments so this week tell us uh, what you think can be done about stadium violence in african football and the facebook page planet sport football africa and that's all one word Let's look briefly at a couple of other stories now. We say well done to Nigeria's Falconets, finishing runners-up at the FIFA Under-20 Women's World Cup in Canada, only losing the final 1-0 after extra time to Germany. Great performance there,
1: Solomon. Yes, the final was a repeat of the 2010 showpiece uh, between the hosts uh, uh, Germany and Nigeria, and uh, it was uh, a loss for uh, Nigeria, and also, this is also a loss uh, again for uh, the Super Falcon. And I think it's a great development for the balance of power in women's youth football. It has showed that not just Nigeria but Africa is really rising. When a uh, Nigeria and an African team plays in the final of the Under 20 Women's World Cup, it's such a great day for Nigeria. Nigeria, uh, they played so well in that game, and uh, I thought you know they played better than Germany. But Germany got their opportunity, and they this the goal. Nigeria got a lot of opportunities which they couldn't convert, but it, it is. Definitely a, a game and also uh, a final that a lot of African uh, football-playing countries, you know, like Ghana and South Africa, they will be encouraged to be able to see how we can start developing women football from the under-20 category. Just so, in the women's World Cup, you know, we're going to be able to see uh, Africa doing better—not just getting to the quarter-final stage, but really uh, getting into the final. And what a great day for African football there with Nigeria really representing Africa.
0: Well, a great performance there from Nigeria's Falconets, and hopefully they can win the Women's Under-20 World Cup next time around. Well, that's it for this edition of Planet Sport Football Africa. From me, Steve Vickers, from Solomon Ashams, and from Stuart Weir, thanks a lot for listening. You can find us online at planetsport.tv. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a 2K Plus International Sports Media production.